Susan, thank you for playing. Well, this evening, we kind of had an introductory uh, chapter in the confession on baptism and the Lord's Supper. And uh, tonight we're covering chapter 29 on baptism. Baptism is a a beautiful thing which God has ordained. Look at the screen with me uh, on Romans 6, 4. Let's read it together. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. We'll see this evening uh, the picture of baptism. But uh, look with me at paragraph 1 in the confession. Baptism is an ordinance of the New Testament ordained by Jesus Christ to be unto the party baptized, a sign of his fellowship with him in his death and resurrection, of his being engrafted into him, of remission of sins, and of giving up into God through Jesus Christ to live and walk in newness of life. Paragraph 2. Those who do actually profess repentance towards God... Faith in and obedience to our Lord Jesus Christ are the only proper subjects of this ordinance. Paragraph 3. The outward element to be used in this ordinance is water, wherein the party is to be baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Then paragraph 4. Immersion or dipping of the person in water is necessary due to the administration of this ordinance. We've spoken about how the Westminster Confession and the London Baptist Confession uh, have paralleled much. Here's where we go. Um, in, In ways that I want to remind us, this is not a salvific issue though it is a confessional and a conviction issue. That when we look and we see someone who may hold different views, we're not saying inside and outside of the body of Christ. We're talking about brothers and sisters we might disagree with. I'll never forget when I was in college, uh, R.C. Sproul and John MacArthur had a debate on infant baptism. And to see kind of two theological heavyweights going after one another and just really bringing their side of this debate. And you're thinking, wow, these guys are heated. And as soon as the moderator ended the time, R.C. Sproul and MacArthur were laughing with each other. And I think it's a great picture of the unity of the body of Christ. Though we may have differences... And though we may not fellowship in the same church, this again is not a salvific issue of difference. That doesn't mean we don't hold convictions. It doesn't mean we don't flesh these things out. But we go to an understanding, first of all, of the meaning, or another way to put it, the picture of baptism. What does it show us? And really, it comes straight from Romans chapter 6. 
Let me read, we read verse 4, but let me read the greater context. Look at it on the screen. Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Baptism signifies or is a picture, first of all, of our union with Christ. To to show outwardly that which has happened spiritually. That we have been separated because of our sin, but In our picture of baptism, we are being united with Christ. We are united with Christ in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. As we see there in Romans chapter 6, and I want to finish with this uh, in the time, baptism is a beautiful picture of our hope that we're looking ahead to. Of that final resurrection. It is our picture, it, is, it signifies and it is a picture of our union with Christ. And in that union with Christ, our forgiveness of sins, that the purification of our sins takes place. Throughout scripture, we see that water is a picture of that, uh, the cleansing of sin. The, the priests many, uh, would, would have to many times wash themselves Now, were they physically washing away their sin? No. But the Levitical law often was a picture to point us to something. That would, every time they washed their hands in all these ritualistic washings, it was a picture of what would happen to our sin being washed away. Is it physically washed? No. But through Christ and through our union with Christ, our sins are washed away. It's interesting when we think of of baptism, notice paragraph one in the confession, it is a sign of his or her fellowship with Christ. We have the ordinance of the Lord's Supper that is a corporate picture. This do all of us in remembrance of him. Baptism is a personal ordinance that we're to follow in obedience to. So you have, um, while it's done in a corporate setting, There is something very personal happening that we, in the picture of our baptism, are united with Christ in his death, burial, resurrection. Think about that. Even the mode of baptism is a picture of that. That we are buried and raised to the newness of life. Now, much of paragraph one, we would be in agreement with uh, Presbyterian brothers and sisters, but we see a, a, the difference here. Who is to be baptized? We believe that those to be baptized are those who have professed repentance to God, who profess faith in Christ, and those who are walking obedience to Christ. Again, is. Uh, Paul says in, in uh, excuse me, Romans 6, uh, we're buried with him, we're raised so that we would walk in the newness of life. 
that there's something that has happened spiritually, that baptism is a picture of that which is happening inwardly, but it's an outward picture. And thus we believe that because baptism is the picture of what has happened externally, it is what should have already happened internally. In, it'll probably be, I don't know, March when we get there, but Acts chapter 8 uh, you have Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. Uh, the, the eunuch is asking a question about a, a passage. The Spirit of the Lord leads Philip there. And the Holy Spirit brings wisdom and understanding through uh, the reading of Scripture. The response to this, the eunuch says, uh, or we'll pick it up in verse 36. Now as they went down the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. Notice his words. What hinders me from being baptized? He's asking, is it okay for me to be baptized? And notice Philip's response. Then Philip said, what? If you believe. Notice the answer to the question of can I be baptized is contingent on if. He doesn't say, well, everyone's supposed to be baptized, even from an infant. He says, if you believe with all your heart, you may. That's conditional. That something has happened in the Ethiopian eunuch to be able to proclaim, and he said, and he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he commanded the char- chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water to be baptized. Excuse me, and he baptized him. We see that conditional question and the answer. And again, we see that those who are to be um, the participants in baptism are those who can answer that question. And by uh, application of that, it is not done to infants. It is done after salvation. It is a picture of those who have been saved. In Acts chapter 2, verse 41, um, on the day of Pentecost, uh, after they asked, what must we do? He says, repent and be baptized, each one of you. Verse 41, then those, notice the, 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 uh, the sequence here. Those who gladly received his word were baptized. They didn't just baptize everybody. They baptized those who received the word that was preached. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. We could spend a lot of time on this. And I want to give kind of the 30,000 foot view of the paedo-baptist or the infant baptism uh, view. Again, the greatest argument for paedo-baptism is not, and they would admit, it's not looking at anything in the New Testament. It's solely looking at the Old Testament being a picture of of the the spiritual Israel. We see the argument coming from that the Abrahamic covenant was a spiritual covenant for all believers. They see circumcision in the new covenant being a picture of that. uh, The um, excuse me. They see baptism being the replacement of circumcision. 
And the argument goes like this, and I, I copied this, and uh, I forget the, the author's name. I apologize, but it wasn't me, so I'll give credit that way. Um, the argument is this. Number one, the covenant of grace belongs not to believers only, but to their children. The covenant sign in the Old Testament was circumcision, which was applied to children as well as certain cases to adults. The covenant sign in the New Testament is baptism, which replaced circumcision and should be then applied to both believers and their children. So based upon the covenant of grace being the Abrahamic covenant is applied in the Old Testament to all, therefore the covenant of grace in the New Testament, uh, baptism should be applied to all. The problem with that is the covenant given to Abraham was a dual covenant. What were the three things that God promised Abraham? A people, a promise, a people, and a place. I like to, the three Ps. A, a, a people, the promise of a seed, and a land. That was a physical land. Does that mean in, as Gentiles in the new covenant that we have a claim on some physical piece of land? No. So we don't have claim. We understand that that Abrahamic covenant was not just a spiritual covenant to all people, but there was a distinction made to ethnic Israel. That picture of circumcision was that picture to set apart ethnic Israel as the people of God. We also see, just even in the, the things that we uh, have pointed out, what is the picture of baptism? It was not this picture of the old covenant, the covenant of, of grace with, with Abraham, but the meaning of baptism is that we were dead and buried with Christ, our union with Christ. And that Abrahamic covenant is a shadow that pointed to Christ. Galatians uh, Galatians 3.27, David, that's the wrong verse, just apologize. Galatians 3.27, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Notice there's an equal sign there. Those who have Christ put on are those who have been baptized into Christ. That number is equal. There's not more that have been baptized that are part of a picture of a big covenant of grace, but only these are saved. And so we, we see the pattern of Scripture being that of baptizing those who have made a public profession of faith, that, that it is the outward sign of what has happened inwardly. Even Christ's own commission in the Great Commission, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing, what's the next word? Them. Baptizing everybody? No, baptizing the disciples who have been made baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Again, there are many nuances, and you might say that was kind of a whiz flyby. Um, I apologize for that, but I hope we kind of understand that the Pado baptist view, or the, 
not just Presbyterian, but the, uh, the paedo-baptism view uh, would be, hey, these are brought into a covenant, and inside this covenant is a special blessing, but it's not salvific. And then those who are called out of that are saved. And there's some inside that covenant, thus we baptize our children, not as a means of salvation, but as a way to bring them into this covenant, and then they are saved out of the covenant. We see that God has made a covenant to his people alone. We see who those are. We see who the elect are by those who express faith and repentance. And as a result of that, those are the ones who are to be baptized. What are the elements of baptism? Water. Again, it's that picture. It is to be done in the name of the Trinity. Again, Matthew 28, 19, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And the mode of it, we believe, is done by immersion. Again, a lot of it is you look at the the historical usage of that word. It means to dip, to plunge, to immerse. The Septuagint is the the Old Testament translated into Greek. The word used in the Old Testament in 2 Kings 5.14 is the same word. Notice, so he went down and dipped seven times in the Jordan according to the saying of the man of God and his flesh was restored. Again, dipping is that word, baptizo. So we see baptism is the outward picture of what has happened spiritually inward. And it's a beautiful picture. But it's also that reminder of our hope. Romans 6 is kind of like a a 1 Corinthians 15. If Christ isn't risen from the dead, we are the most to be pitied. Our, Our hope is lost. But notice Paul's word in Romans 6 again, verses 3 to 5. Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. When we think of baptism, we need to remember Christ's death, his burial, and he didn't stay dead. He rose from the dead, and he has ascended, and that is the hope of, our, of all believers. One side note, is a person saved if they've not been baptized? Two caveats on that. God calls us to walk in obedience. Is our baptism anything that we add to to save ourselves? No. But we need to ask, if a person refuses baptism, are they a follower of Christ? Jesus says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And so we can't make that declaration But it should be the desire of our hearts as God helps us understand the uh, truth of the command that if we are saved, we should be baptized. 
But if somebody comes to faith in Christ and dies in a car wreck two seconds later, are they going to hell? No. Uh, we need to understand that there's not a, a last rites that's needed to make sure. Uh, there's not a, a baptism that has to happen. But it should be our desire to walk in that obedience. No. That was the little PS addendum at the end. So Let's pray. Father, thank you for the reminder of our hope and our salvation is not in our own works. Lord, even... In our baptism, our hope is that we are united with Christ, that he is our life, he is our hope, that our hope of eternal life with you rests in his death, burial, and resurrection. And praise be to you that he is risen from the dead, that there is hope for all those who call upon the name of Christ. That we do not turn to ourselves or any other place for our salvation. Lord, thank you for the joy of walking in obedience and baptism. Lord, that as we see a work inwardly, that that work is proclaimed publicly. Lord, I pray that each of us who are your children uh, would... Uh, would be walking in obedience to be baptized, to, to proclaim publicly what you have done. God, do that work in each of us to your praise and honor. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.